This is the Cato Daily Podcast for Wednesday, January 2nd, 2008. I'm Caleb Brown. Your data are never completely secure, but when governments have it all in one database, it's begging to get stolen. As governments and the private sector work to secure the data they have, the Cato Institute's Jim Harper wonders if it's not time to rethink how we use identity. There have been breaches of data by governments and private sector entities alike uh, over the last, uh, well known over the last uh, four or five years. And most significant, I think, recently was the cataclysmic breach of data in the UK, where a a staffer at an agency uh, loaded some 25 million records onto a disk, uh, put it in the post, and the disk went missing. And so uh, factually, I think... uh, the likelihood of harm coming to people from that is relatively low because it's probably literally missing, but it illustrates well uh, the, the, the problem of data breach. Frankly, I think one of the most important things to understand, uh, people often say data breach or data leak, and data leak is, is a good way to talk about it because data really is uh, sort of like a liquid or a gas, even a volatile gas. So once it's out there, uh, it's out there. And you can't collect it again. You can't when you leave a can of paint thinner out and it dries up. Well, the gas is in the air all around you. Uh, you can't collect it again. And that's what happens with data. It uh, moves around quite, quite quickly. A lot of governments in recent years have attempted to imbue certain bits of personal data with very real value. That is, you need personal data of yours in order to get certain jobs or uh, qualify for certain benefits. And it's the government's e-verify system seems to be sort of a prime example of that. Well, yeah, there are a number of programs in place uh, or, or underway that try to use personal information, our identity information, to condition our access to benefits and, and goods and services. Real ID is one, the national ID law. E-verify is uh, the electronic employment verification system that's an extension of the I-9. When, when people get hired to a new job, they're supposed to fill out an I-9 form and submit certain documentation to their employer. Their employer is supposed to check it and and signal the all-clear to the government. E-Verify is the idea that this would be uh, made electronic so that the data would be checked against government databases uh, as a person is starting their employment or before they're starting their employment. So more and more we're seeing these technical systems that re- rely on personal information uh, to, to give access, to con- essentially to control our, our in this case, our, our work lives. And that's in conflict, obviously, with the wide availability of data. Generally speaking, uh, identity fraud, as you use identity more and more to condition our access to, to things, identity fraud will increase. It's already high, but it, you can expect it to get higher as illegal immigrants, for example, uh, need access to personal information about Americans to get jobs, though, though illegally, unfortunately, they will do it uh, because the alternatives are, are uh, quite bad for them. Because the value of having access to an identity, any identity, is so very high, the benefits. Yeah, and it will continue to rise as governments make use of identity systems for security and regulation and so on and so forth. There's The, the lesson here is is one really about data security, uh, and it's it's basically that you want to disperse your assets. First of all, you want to be very, over time, we will have to grow more and more uh, reticent to share information. So I'm a little bit of a stickler about sharing my social security number, though it's certainly not uh, really damaging to do so. I don't do so unless it's really required. And and, um, 
less often than people think is the Social Security number required. But we'll want to withhold information much more as we go forward. And then when we have when we have shared information, it's important for the design of systems to be relatively dispersed. So a single national identity database is very dangerous because if it goes, as it sort of has in the UK, you've got a big, big problem. Whereas if there are a lot of smaller systems that rely on different information, different identifiers, and different personal data, um, any one of those failing will not harm very many people or do too much damage. And likewise, uh, it's not very valuable to criminal elements to attack them. So if they get $50 for breaking into a database, they're not going to try it uh, because it's a waste of time. Whereas if they can make $5 million by hacking into a database, you bet they'll, they'll be working their way into that database one way or another. With Real ID, personal data is actually encoded into the license. Is that right? The Real ID card, uh, it's a national ID system that would have a uniform machine-readable uh, component on it, probably a 2D barcode that would have uh, the basic information on the license and more information that, that uh, states uh, can add at their, uh, at their whim. The real concern with Real ID, of course, is the back-end database system, uh, the fact that all states would have to maintain uh, databases of information about their drivers, more information, including scanned copies of basic identity documents, including birth certificates and social security cards, and they would have to share this information with all the other states. So, so it's essentially a, 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 a logical single database. And again, think about gas or liquid. Fifty states would have to have be able to transport this gas or liquid um, among each other without there being spillage. And that's just a huge, a huge security problem to try to implement. So it's the wrong way to go, and we have to move towards systems that don't use identity, that don't use quite that much personal information. It'll what, be hard going. What's an example of that kind of system? Well, the, the thing I've argued for in my book, Identity Crisis, is to have a, a, a diverse and competitive uh, identity and credentialing marketplace so that the cards, frankly, the cards you have in your wallet right now are pretty good examples where you might have a, a, a card that reflects health insurance. You might have a payment card or a, an ATM card. Uh, you might have a credit card. You have a license. You might have a, an ID card from your gym or from some other issuer. Uh, each of these is a different system that's designed for a different purpose, and the security features might be quite low because they don't need to be very high. The alternative, having a single driver's license that's very high-tech and has lots of information and lots of purposes, well, that's the kind of thing that's going to come under attack. That's the single point of failure if a database is breached or if the system is, uh, is uh, broken by forgery or fraud. Jim Harper is Director of Information Policy Studies at the Cato Institute. This is the Cato Daily Podcast. You can get a copy of Jim's book, Identity Crisis, at our website, cato.org.